listeners, and happy November. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Andre Hutchins, and I am the host of this movie review and recommendation podcast. And you are listening to episode 41 of Backseat Directors. On today's show, I am joined by my brother, Hunter. That's right, he is going to co-host today's show with me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, here we go. Okay, Hunter. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Now, the last time we had Hunter on the podcast was actually on our third episode ever, which was our movie review for The Shack. But I had both my dad and Hunter come on the podcast, and now I was... Okay, I'm still a very amateur podcaster, Hunter, and listeners. Um, but I was very, very new at this when I was doing that podcast with you guys. And so I didn't know what it was going to be like having two people on. And even though I enjoyed our conversation, I don't think we were able to go into depth with a lot of our discussion and things like that. Right. Which is what I want to do anyway. So, yeah, sure. So, um, I gave dad his, his time to shine as well on his own podcast, which we did for Dunkirk. And so Hunter, now it is your time to shine on our review of this week's movie. But before we get into that, before we get into that, um, some of our listeners, probably new listeners, people who haven't been listening from the very beginning, they're not going to know what your answers were to our get-to-know-you questions, okay? Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of a rapid-fire get-to-know-you question portion, okay? Because if anybody wants to go back and listen to like the full-length answers, just go back to episode three, listen to that. And then you'll get Hunter's full-length answers. Now it's time for some get-to-know-you questions. Okay, Hunter. You ready? Yep. Okay. Question number one, Hunter. What is your Desert Island movie? Um, the Goonies, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Okay. Question number two. What is your favorite movie theater snack? Um, oh, yeah. Junior Mint. How do you think about that one? Junior Mints. Um, and why? <laughs> do you remember why? <laughs> um, well... Because when I go to the movies, I'm going to re- kind of relax and um, just enjoy um, enjoy myself for a little bit. And um, whenever I whenever I think of Junior Mints, I think of the um, Seinfeld episode where Kramer drops the Junior Mint on the operating table and the, the patient, <laughs> I think, lives or dies. I don't remember. But anyway, it's just funny. Um, and also, our mom loves Junior Mints. So they remind me of mom. That she so, does. Okay, question number three. What was the first movie that made you cry? Um, that would be Click with Adam Sandler. Very good, very good. Question number four. Um, do you have a favorite movie actor and or director? Uh, I do, and that would be Mel Gibson, um, who is both. Um, he's uh, acted in some of my favorite films, uh, being um, Braveheart and The Patriot. Okay, so both very epic movies, very epic movies. But I don't know if you remember this. I mean, I'm assuming you do. <laughs> um, Dad took you and I to go see a Mel Gibson movie. Mel Gibson did not play in it, but he did direct it. And I don't remember how old you were, but Apocalypto it was Apocalypto, yeah. one of the most violent movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You had to have been like like 15 or something. But yeah, I was like, oh at, my god, at the most. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good movie, though. That was a good movie. Okay, last question. If there is an ending of any one movie that you would like to change, which mm-hmm. movie is it and how would you change it? Um, well, I kind of have two on my mind. Um, I remember that my original answer was 
Lord of the Rings Return of the King, and I still stand by what I said. Yeah. Um, I just think that the whole fading in, fading out five different times was just like dragged on the ending a little bit, and I kind of feel like it could have been a lot more seamless. So they had just yeah. done it all in like maybe even like just one fade out scene. But um, other than that, you know, Lord of the Rings, one of the all time greatest, you know, folks, um, folklore stories told. Um, but the other one I've been thinking about is um, uh, the first uh, Batman versus Superman, the first ju- like Justice League movie. Yeah. Okay, now this might be this might be a spoiler movie, alert. But... Do we need to give a spoiler alert? Because this is a, I mean, it's somewhat recent. It's like what a year and a half old or something like that. Um, no, no spoiler. Just a little disclaimer that if you go see that movie, you probably won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm looking forward to the second one coming out and seeing what they do with this one. Now they've come out with Wonder Woman. They've introduced Wonder Woman, and I don't, have they introduced any other characters since? Well, I mean, if you remember, I mean, because so you and I went and saw we went and saw Batman vs or Batman v Superman, yeah, when it came out, um, and yeah, neither of us liked it. I have since rewatched it, and I liked it more than I did the first time. Um, so maybe you and I can watch it again before Justice League comes out. But yeah, if if yeah. you don't remember, kind of it was kind of towards the end of the movie, but Bruce Wayne steals a file from Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. and on it, I, I mean at least that's what I remember. I'm pretty sure he stole the file from Lex Luthor, um, but he, he has this data of what they call metahuman, so mm-hmm. humans with you know super special abilities. One of them is the Flash, and so you see him. It's like a it's like a security camera video footage. Oh yeah, and like someone's like robbing a convenience store, and like you just see like a flash of lightning and like mm-hmm. you know stuff flying everywhere, and then you know the guy's apprehended, and then you see um, you Aquaman, see, right? You see Aquaman, yeah, and he's underwater, and he's like kind of like hiding in a cave and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and then you see Cyborg, and oh, I don't remember that one. Well, what you see is there's like a scientist guy who's doing like experiments on a guy who like he has no body it's just like a head and like a robot like pieces and limbs are attached and things like that and he's like yelling and screaming and stuff like that and then you see um i i don't know if it shows a video of wonder woman but obviously you meet wonder woman in batman v superman mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll have we'll watch that one we'll watch that one before because i own it i bought it so oh, I was, yeah, mm-hmm. I was. So some of my online movie friends convinced me that I should, I should watch it again. I was like, oh, if I'm gonna watch it, I should just buy it. So, okay, okay, well, what what would you change about that movie then, if that's the movie you change? Uh just I don't. This may or may not be a spoiler, but I think it's kind of obvious in the title if it's Batman or Superman that they fight each other, right? Um, and I think just the the fight scenes between Batman and Superman were pretty cheesy <laughs> uh, just you know knowing Su- like superman what superman's powers are supposed to be and what batman's powers are supposed to be it just just seemed like really stupid fight like, like superman were... should be able to just crush him like a fly yeah <laughs> but batman built this metal suit <laughs> yeah it was, it was kind of over the top but i just think they i don't know i don't know if they outdid themselves or were trying too hard but maybe they should have taken a couple more days to think well about i mean the, the batman the batman that you grew up on is the christian bale batman from yeah. the dark knight movies right yeah true i mean you i mean you're you didn't grow up reading comic books you know i don't even know if you really watched batman cartoons or anything like that I maybe watched, spider-man i watched batman cartoons when i was young but that was like late 
90s, you know, early 2000s maybe. Um, much more like modern versions of Batman, but I, you know, I've seen the original Batmans with, I think it was like Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the like Penguin and, <laughs> you know. And Joker. And Mr. Freeze and Joker, you mm-hmm. know. Jim Carrey as Joker. And oh, jeez. Arnold as Mr. As, as, uh, Fro- <laughs> yeah, Mr. Freeze and Everybody Ivy. chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I remember those ones, but it's been a long time. Like, definitely when I think of Batman, I think of the Christian Bale trilogy. But. Right, right. And, I, I mean, those are very different than... Really, they're very different than any of the other Batmans. It's just because Christopher Nolan, who directed all three of the movies, his approach was to... He wanted to create a very realistic type superhero, right? It was, mm. it, 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 I, I, I mean, again, you and I, we didn't grow up reading comic books, so you know, anyone who's listening that's big comic book fans, um, what I, in my research that I've done, Batman v Superman uh, is uh, Zack Snyder. He is a big comic book enthusiast, and so he was trying to recreate the comic books as closely mm. as possible. Yeah. Where Christopher Nolan was trying to create as real uh, like real life type superhero as close as possible something that's believable something that's like very practical like oh that's how batman has a cape that can fly because it's like this like super like advanced technology from the military you know like yeah. stuff like that you know so yeah well, i guess um, that that would be a good um, thing to point out then for any viewers who or listeners who have not seen batman v superman um yeah, because I definitely went into that expecting it to be a continuation on off of the Christian Bale trilogy. But right. if it's going off of the comics, I guess that would make more sense since Christian Bale does not play Batman. Right. Uh, it's right. Um, Ben Affleck. Right. So probably, yeah, if you're, that would be a good thing to, I think, keep in mind next time I watch that. Yeah, yeah. And when we watch those, though, did you see, have you seen Suicide Squad? Um, Like five minutes of it. Okay. But not really. Okay. It seemed kind of stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really seen it, but I, I don't really, I don't know a lot of the background behind that story, and it just kind of seemed like a weird... Okay, so you know how you know how Marvel, all the Marvel superhero movies tie into each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, what collectively is known, it's called the Marvel well, Cinematic you, Universe, yeah. the MCU, where every story ties together, every hero ties together. It's all connected. It's all congruent, like... You know, DC or Warner Brothers, who makes the DC movies, they they started kind of their own cinematic universe, but that didn't start until Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. So after after the Dark Knight trilogy, those those movies technically don't count with the storyline that's moving forward. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So everything started with the Man of Steel, the first that first Superman movie. And then the next one was Batman v Superman, and then the next one after that was Suicide Squad, and then Wonder Woman. So those are the wow. four movies within the DC universe where all the stories and things are connected and related and things like that. So mm-hmm. Justice League will be the fifth movie of that. So, but enough of DC. Hunter, great answers, very good. Again, listeners, if you want to hear like kind of his full explanation of those answers, go back to episode three. Um, but okay, this will all connect anyway to the movie that we're talking about today. Uh, so let's go ahead and introduce this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. And this week's movie review is 
the third film in the Thor series, Thor Ragnarok. Movie details. from the Marvel website, Thor is imprisoned on the other side of the universe without his mighty hammer, and finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard to stop Ragnarok, the destruction of his home world and the end of Asgardian civilization, at the hands of an all-powerful new threat, the ruthless Hela. But first he must survive a deadly gladiatorial contest that pits him against his former ally and fellow Avenger, the Incredible Hulk. Thor Ragnarok was released in U.S. theaters on November 3rd, 2017, and it has a running time of 2 hours and 10 minutes, but this actually makes it the shortest Marvel Cinematic Universe film yet. Thor Ragnarok is rated PG-13 it's, uh, for intense sequences of sci-fi violence and action and brief suggestive material. KidsInMind.com gives Thor Ragnarok a 3 out of 10 for sexual content, a 6 out of 10 for violence, and a 4 out of 10 for, for, uh, for profanity. Uh, and I would, I, I would think that these grades are, are very, very accurate. So Thor Ragnarok, it stars Chris Hemsworth as the mighty Thor. This is actually the sixth Marvel film that Hemsworth has appeared in as Thor. And he is set to appear in his seventh next year with Avengers Infinity War. The movie also stars Tim Hiddleston as the god of mischief, Loki. Idris Elba as Heimdall. Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. And three new characters introduced in this film, Tessa Thompson as the Asgardian warrior Valkyrie, Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster, and Kate Blanchett as the very, very well-played villain, Hela. The movie is directed by Taika Waititi, I think I'm pronouncing that right, so Waititi, uh, New Zealand-born, has directed other films such as Hunt for the uh, Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows. He also plays the voice of the very funny Korg in Thor Ragnarok. The film score for Thor Ragnarok was composed by um, Mark Mothersbaugh, and this original soundtrack is one of the best, if not the best, film scores of any MCU film to date. Uh, So Marvel films, they've actually been heavily criticized for their very forgettable scores and music. Uh, But Thor Ragnarok throws in some very 80s-style synthesizer themes which is actually very hot these days, especially with how popular Stranger Things is trending. And Mother's Ball has also composed the scores for 21 and 22 Jump Street and the 2009 film Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The production budget for Thor Ragnarok is an estimated whopping $180 million, but in its domestic weekend debut here in the U.S., Thor Ragnarok brought in over $121 million, and that is in the U.S. alone. And the global box office total has already surpassed $427 million in just three days. Only three movies in 2017 have had better opening weekends in the U.S. Beauty and the Beast, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and It. Alright listeners, here we go. We are going to move on to our movie review. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Okay Hunter, let's go ahead and do this movie review. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, so I first wanted to ask you a few questions though, right? So... Mm-hmm. Because you've you've really grown up in this day and age of just the era of superhero movies where 
really like there's like a superhero movie coming out every single month it almost seems like um so you know and we have like we've got like the marvel movies we have the dc movies right Mm -hmm. so with marvel though thor being a marvel movie marvel character marvel superhero um out of these marvel movies do you have a favorite so the iron man movies captain america the avengers um have you seen ant-man I have seen Ant Man. Ant Man yeah. is one of them. Yeah, I was very surprised that Ant Man. I really liked I liked that one a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Um, but I would say my my probably my favorite ones have been the first Iron Man, um, and the and the first Thor. I, yeah. Yeah, I really like both of those. Yeah, I, the first Iron Man is it's highly regarded as one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. It's really good. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I think my, you and I were talking about this in the theater cause Hunter and I just saw Thor yesterday. Um, but my favorite Marvel movie today is Dr. Strange. So I know oh, you, yeah. you haven't seen that one yet. And we, and you, so spoiler alert, this is kind of, it's a very, very mild spoiler alert, but you do see Dr. Strange for a little bit and, and Thor Ragnarok, which was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that, I would say that's my favorite Marvel movie. Um, so okay so and hunter and i we actually watched we watched the previous thor movie which came out i think 2013 it's like or 2014 it was, it was like three 14, or four years ago 14 yeah but it was thor the dark world so we watched that just the day before we saw ragnarok so what do you think of that movie um not very good um I, like it was it was a thor movie and it was okay but there was just a, a lot of unanswered questions at the end of the movie that mm-hmm. I was just kind of left feeling empty-handed. It's like this doesn't make sense and it doesn't match up. Why? Why did these? You know, why can you know Thor beat up on this guy, but he can't beat up on this other guy who seems to be like, <laughs> you know, not as much of a challenge. And- well, you had the guy. So it's it, they're dark elves, and one of the things that you see in the movies, like they have this like like this glowing rock when they crush it they become the cursed mm-hmm. like it turns into like a demon like an invincible super warrior right right where thor's hammer is supposed to not be able to be wielded by anybody than thor unless they're worthy mm-hmm. and yet like when thor threw his hammer he could just like just knock it away like it was like Nothing. like a feather yeah yeah but then he goes up against this other guy who's supposed to have this even more powerful like the ether element the ether mm-hmm. and yet thor is like kicking his trash and throwing his hammer and it's working and yeah uh, yeah just stuff like that it was like <laughs> just yeah it didn't seem very well done um but ragnarok was awesome yeah so and one of the things i mean because one of the storylines that they did not keep though and, and I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch some of the Avenger movies because I think that's where you kind of find out. But, um, um, oh, gosh, why am I blanking on her name? Who, the girlfriend? Yeah. Jane Foster. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Foster. Yeah, Jane Foster. Natalie right? Portman. Who, who's played by Natalie Portman. Thank yeah. you. Um, the that That is a storyline that is kept through the first Thor and the second Thor where, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, his earthly girlfriend and he comes back to visit. But in Thor Ragnarok, she's nowhere to be found they mention her yeah and it's kind of like a like a funny like oh yeah we broke up and i well actually i dumped her it was a mutual dumping like it was yeah very funny but that that's one of the things that i didn't like about the thor i don't like when these superheroes like have girlfriends and things like that it's just Mm -hmm. like i mean they can have girlfriends that's fine but it's like one of the predominant storylines that's just like 
I don't know. It, I, I didn't really like Natalie Portman in those movies anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's not in Ragnarok, and I think that was a good thing. Yeah. So, okay, so comparing Thor The Dark World, which is the th- second Thor movie, compared mm-hmm. to Thor Ragnarok, which one did you like more? Um, well, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, sorry, um, way, liked it way more. Um, I would say if I'm like ranking the three movies that have come out now, I would put Ragnarok as number one. Yeah, and the, the first, three Thor movies. Yeah, and oh, okay. the first Thor movie is like next best. Yeah, and then the Dark World is the least. Same. Yeah, same. Because I I like the first one. I think it's a good one. And I think I, I think for the most part, I think the first like the first movie of the superhero. So like the first Iron Man, I like mm-hmm. the most out of the three. Mm-hmm. The first Thor, I liked more than the second. But I do Ragnarok is better. It definitely is better. Um. But yeah. Um. Okay. So. I mean, leading up to the movie, did you were you pretty excited about it? Yeah, I was really excited. I was I knew there was a different director. Just the illustrations on the cover of the um, for the movie just looked different. Yeah, um, and the whole whole feeling of the movie was very different. I ended up really liking it, like a ton more laughs than any of the previous Thor movies. Yeah, way more. Lots of jokes thrown in. Yeah, tons of lighthearted comments throughout the whole movie. But, you know, the, I think the scenes that were epic were still epic. And, yeah. You know, they really rel- relished in those moments. But, you know, we're also very quick to throw in something f- funny or witty. And, right. And which is something that I really, really liked. And I don't know if this is getting too ahead of ourselves right now for the topic. But, um, yeah, just one, one of my, like, first impressions about the movie was, um, at least afterwards, <clears throat> was because, um, you know, we're all... I think like looking forward to the Avengers infinity war next year. Um, and you know, and I think that's going to be when they introduce, um, the guardians of the galaxy characters into that movie. Yes. And so I was kind of wondering how that was going to go because you have all these Thor and Hulk and, and Iron Man movies that are all very epic and, you know, out of, you know, at least those three, I think, um, you know, Iron Man has had the like the most lighthearted fun out of any of them, but it, they were all just still very different from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Plus, in all of those, you have a single like spotlight hero in each one: Iron Man, Hulk, and Thor. Right. Whereas in Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, you have this whole team of kind of misfit heroes that band together, yeah. and the whole um, you know atmosphere. Um, around the movie is just very, very funny, yes. very enjoyable, but very different from any of the other um, worlds that there are being combined in the right. Mar- in yeah, because the the, the, Cap- the Captain America movies I would say are the more serious ones. Mm-hmm. That th- those those movies probably have the least amount of laughs and jokes thrown in. Not that it's void of any. I mean, they definitely have their moments in those movies. But like, um, you know, I. I have you seen have you seen civil war did you see that yeah i actually love i love civil war yeah so like that and that one i mean between that one and winter soldier um i think those are great movies winter soldier is probably my favorite captain america movie but yeah Mm -hmm. those those have a much more serious tone about them and they're not thor thor ragnarok reminded me of guardians of the galaxy more than it did any of the thor movies Mm -hmm. right yeah The, the spectacle itself 
you know, the visuals. It was very colorful, you know, because Guardians of the Galaxy is a very colorful movie. Lots of stuff thrown at you just mm-hmm. for, you know, visual flavors and things like that. But, um, but yeah, but more than anything, it was how many yeah, and I would say the soundtrack contributed to that as well. Yes, yeah, no, a that's a good like call. A lot of like really classic yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially in the, the first scene, the first scene where you hear Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry my weak attempt at that Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it it's it's so different from the other Thor movies. It's, it's hard to really compare them. I mean, outside of you have just the story of Thor and, you know, Asgard and Odin and Loki, Mm -hmm. it's nothing like the other Thor movies at all. Um, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Oh, well, so I don't know. You and I were kind of researching this movie, um, just a little bit before we started recording, but Hunter and I, we were trying to find out who the voice was of, Probably one of one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he in the he movie. was like the Groot of Ragnarok. Oh no, that's a that's a good that's a good call out. I, I mean, he talks way more than Groot, but yeah, no, he's he's kind of that comedic element within the movie itself. But yeah. his his character is Korg, and he's this blue rock guy. And I thought I thought he was voiced by a different person. The person here and listeners. Yeah. Bear with me for a sec while I just look this up. Because, <laughs> okay, because... Oh, so Reese Darby, I think Hunter, is his name. Hunter served... Or... Okay, so listeners, we being of the LDS faith, um, Hunter and I, at points in our life, we each took two years to go uh, serve a mission for our church. And I went to Argentina, but Hunter went to Australia. And while in Australia, Hunter got to... You know, rub shoulders with a lot of Kiwis, New Zealanders. Well, well yeah, people from that area. So not yeah. just people, Australians, but you know, yeah, the whole um, South Pacific Fijians, islands. right? And mm-hmm. yeah, Kiwis is what they call New Zealanders. But Hunter, <laughs> uh, in the middle of the movie, when Korg is talking, he's like, "That's a New Zealand accent." <laughs> yeah, and it turns and out I, it was. And I, I mean, I had no idea. I, I, for a sec, like I knew he was kind of talking with like just like a funny accent, but I. I wouldn't have said, oh, it's Australian or, oh, it's New Zealand or anything like that. But, um, okay, so the person that yeah, I it was thought... definitely a Kiwi accent. Yeah, well, so the person that I thought that, that was voicing that um, that character was, I, I think it's pronounced, is it Rise? Rise Darby? Uh, Reese, I think. Reese? Oh, okay, Reese. Reese. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, Reese's. <laughs> anyway, he plays Murray. He's the manager of the Flight of the Concords. And their voice was so similar, but I guess yeah. it makes sense because Reese Same accent. is also from New Zealand. Yeah. But anyway, Korg, Korg was, he out of the new characters that you got to meet, he was awesome. I really enjoyed his moments. Mm-hmm. Did you have a new favorite character? Um, Korg would definitely be be one of them. Um, I'm just trying to think if there was anyone else, but yeah, I would say my favorite characters, other than like Thor, um, would be Korg or the Hulk. I actually really liked being able to see the Hulk mm-hmm. in a totally different element. Yeah, yeah. So when I I was uh, talking about this movie with um on on our previous episode of movies coming soon, so just talking about the movies we were anticipating for this month, um, I. I, I knew Hulk was going to be in the movie, but I've always felt that Hulk just because of who he is, you know, he doesn't talk much. He's Hulk, right? Yeah. In the movies that we've seen him in, his character is just there just to be muscle. 
right? We just see him just, you know, Smashing laying things waste. And, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so there's, I mean, they're, they're outside of him being Bruce Banner, you know, when he's in Bruce Banner form, you don't really know who Hulk is. Like, he's just, he's just this green creature that smashes everything, right? Yeah. But because Bruce Banner has been in Hulk form for so long... Like, you finally get to see Hulk. And that was one of the things I wanted most to see from this movie is I wanted to see more Hulk. And we got more Hulk. Yeah. We got a lot more Hulk. And it was fun. I mean, it was really funny. Like, just their, the banter and the conversation between him and Thor when, they, you know, they're like, who's the strongest? Oh, I'm the strongest. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you're small. <laughs> small arms. You yeah. <laughs> you small fire. I'm raging fire. Yeah. 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 That was just, it was really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, okay. So what do you, I mean, what do you think about, you know, the whole, the whole plot? What do you think about that? Um, I, there's a lot of, a lot of things like different aspects of the plot that I really liked. Um, the first one that really like was like gave me something different than what I was, I was expecting was the whole beginning of the movie from the very start. Um, really oh, sets the tone for the, Thor, the yeah. fire demon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just where where Thor starts out introducing like you know why he is where he is and what's going on, how he got there. Because um, you know, looking back on the other two movies, you can see this development of Thor going from this kind of young, you know, young and strong and arrogant, bullheaded, arrogant, you know, superhero to, you know, he learns his lesson in the first movie. And in the second movie, he's, you know, starting to, you know, be fit in to more of the role, you know, become more of like the hero that he wants to be. But in the third one, you really start to feel like he's, he's becoming, you know, like, like, yeah, like peaking. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think I think that's that's an excellent point. I, I saw someone ask this question on Twitter where they said, "Who's had the most growth out of the Marvel superheroes? You know, has is it Tony Stark? Is it Captain America?" And mm. I I think I personally think it's Thor. I think Thor has had from when you see him from day one on the first Thor movie, where yeah, mm. he is he is a cocky son of a gun who completely disregards and disobeys his dad's orders. It yeah. almost, you know, starts Destroys like another like world. I, I was gonna say world war, but it'd be like galactic war, you yeah. know, with all these other, you know, people and Frost armies. Yeah, people. Yeah. Um, to where he gets banished and he gets stripped of his power and he gets stripped of his of his of his hammer and he becomes nothing, you know. And so from that moment where he has to prove himself, and then not only that, but when you know his his father offers him the kingdom, you know, he he rejects it. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, he, I, I have really enjoyed seeing him really mature and become, you know, Thor. Yeah. You know? And especially in this one, you really get to see some incredible stuff. Yeah. Thor does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even without his hammer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we get to see, you know, he reunites with Loki and Loki's still Loki. Loki, you know, he's the God of mischief, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, he's still being mischievous, still being Loki. Um, you know, so he has that struggle with his relationship with his brother where he wants, you know, he wants to have, you know, like a meaningful, like strong, loving relationship with his brother. And he wants to be able, more than anything, he wants to trust Loki. Yeah. You know, but Loki time and time again, you know, proves that he can't be trusted. But then you meet a new member of the family, you know, you meet oh, yeah. Hela. Um, so, I mean, did you, did you like where they took the story where, you know, maybe things in Asgard weren't as 
what pretty they as they seemed, you know, or as yeah. clean as they seemed, mm-hmm. you know, for its history. Yeah. Do you think it minimized any, like, I guess your view of like Asgard and Odin and things like that? Because in the previous movies, they build Odin mm-hmm. up to be this, like, he's the great protector. Yeah. He's, you know, can do no wrong and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, I don't, the <sighs> Misleading? Truist, altruistic. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, they portray Odin to be very, very altruistic and yeah. just, you know, very righteous. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I, I did like, I liked that they put on you know, added this new dynamic to Asgard and how it came to be and that it, you know, just its history wasn't as pretty as it as it was made out to be. But um, I think because they took that step back, they were able to actually take a huge step forward. At the end of the movie, um, they started talking about the destruction of Asgard and this prophecy of Ragnarok and how, right. you know, everything was going to come to an end and it was an inv- inevitable. And, you know, you're thinking, you know, for a lot of the movie... Um, you know, well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but you're thinking one thing, um, but what you know, what I came to find out at the end of the movie is not what I was, what I was expecting. Right. I, learned, I learned a lot, from, you know, from from that whole theme of I don't I don't know I don't know I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, but. well, no, and I appreciate that just because this is a spoiler free review. Um, but you do learn in the very beginning. I, I I don't remember the name of the the fire demon. You know that Thor is fighting in the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, it's but, like Seifer or something. Surter, I think it's Surter. Uh, oh, Surter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm looking at here, here on IMDb, and there is Surter. Um, so Ragnarok. Ragnarok is it's this prophecy of total destruction of Asgard mm. by this fire demon, right? So that you learn that within the first five minutes of the movie. And that's the entire, that, that I mean, that's what Ragnarok is all about, or at least Thor is trying to prevent Ragnarok. Right. Yeah. And I, I liked, I liked where they took the story, but let's talk about some things that we didn't like though, because they're again, trying to avoid spoilers and things like that. But um, what I, what I didn't like is that, I thought that they introduced a fairly strong villain in Hela. Mm. And one, because she, in the moment you meet her, you soon understand how powerfully how powerful she is. Yeah. And that not even Loki and Thor together, you know, could even defeat her. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yes, I mean, she is this incredible villain with awesome, you know, almost what seems like a, a unlimited power and and yet the moment you start to like kind of dive into her oh she's she's Thor's sister she's a part of the family oh this happened there are moments within the movie where you know Thor gets banished he's off world you know in that junk world mm-hmm. you know fighting Hulk that so much of the movie is spent there that you forget about Hela. At least that, that's how yeah. I kind of forgot. Or that's how it played out to me. Yeah. So instead of having a very well-developed villain and someone that, you know, that you begin to um, not necessarily understand. I don't, I don't know if it's really important for you to understand the villain. But that she seems formidable. Mm-hmm. You know, that she really seems like this incredible opponent for Thor and the other, you know, heroes to go up against. But she's just, I, I felt like they kind of discarded her for a good portion of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that there was a lot of, um, a lot lacking in her character development. I, I kind of wish that um, that there was just more 
like family development because for the yeah. whole movie from beginning to end, she's a sister that no one ever knew about. And, you know, she's just evil and terrible, which she was. Um, but I, I wish that there was some kind of like, like moral conflict between them fighting against their sister and, you know, you know, we're fighting, but we're family. Like, I just wish that there was a little more conflict within the conflict. I think that's a great point because you never, even though they introduce them, like Thor There's, and Hela are siblings more so than Loki. Cause Loki's adopted, mm-hmm. but did they ever seem like they were siblings? No, no. She, she just seemed like a villain and they want to destroy her and they there was no remorse there was no feeling right. or emotion you know or like inner inward conflict at all like oh my gosh like we're like we're going up against our our blood yeah yeah i think that's an excellent point because not not, not at any point in the movie did i feel that type of yeah because that, there's a conflict within the conflict itself just like you said i think that's an excellent point um, so the other thing, and I'll give you a chance to talk about anything that you didn't like. The other thing that I, I thought as, as funny as the movie is, because it is a very funny movie in, in on par with guardians of the galaxy Yeah. and guardians of the galaxy, you know, as you know, the other Marvel movies like Ant-Man and things like that, there are a lot of funny aspects to these superhero movies. And I think that's fine. I think that's just the style that Marvel is going for, mm-hmm. you know, that, that overall, like these are, they're comic book movies right and if you read a comic book you know there are going to be funny parts and it's a comic book you know so like yeah. it's not it's not necessarily going to be taken so seriously like the dark knight movies you know where those are like very dark very gritty you know just very um there's just kind of like this this um heavy cloud over everything you know mm-hmm. like it's taken very seriously especially the villains with like the joker you know like there's really not much lightheartedness about those Dark Knight movies, no. but Marvel, Marvel is I think they've just taken a completely different approach. But then when they introduced Guardians of the Galaxy, it was like next level. Like this is gonna be like a roller coaster ride. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be funny. Like we're gonna throw a lot of stuff at you, and that's what Thor Ragnarok was. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that Marvel has going for them because, you know, as like hands down, the Batman trilogy by Christopher Nolan is like I think one of the best. Um, so the best movies I've, Same. Have, that have yeah. ever been made, but I think it is very, very, very hard to keep a very like serious and interesting tone throughout a whole, the whole movie and have it easy to be wa- to watch. Whereas um, I think Marvel's approach allows them to be a lot more consistent in their movies with with having this like you know comic relief undertone throughout the whole thing because as serious as it can be, there's you know, you're laughing through the whole movie. It's really enjoyable, and it's very easy to sit there for, you know, two hours of the movie and and feel like every minute was worth it. Right. So the one of the biggest critiques that Marvel gets for their movies is that people say there's no real there's no real risk or cost to any of the stories or characters within the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, to date, you know, they really there there has not been any um, removal or death of any main character. Yeah. Everybody lives, everybody survives. There's no real cost to the heroes, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Dark Knight trilogy, there are very significant people within the movie that, you know, that Bruce loses. Yeah. You know, and there's real cost, there's real weight to the decisions that they make in the movie and that the storyline shows you. So, you know, when I think about like what is like a really good blend with that type of like, okay, here's like you know, we're going to add a lot of, not a lot, but just like 
very timely, very accurate uh, comedic relief parts, but also we're going to show you some real weighty stuff. I think Star Wars. You know, mm. I think Star Wars does an excellent job of that blend, where you're going to have some you know pretty funny moments. You know, usually mm. involving Han Solo and you know maybe and, some droids and things like that. Yeah. But there's real weight to those movies. Mm-hmm. Where Marvel, Marvel, I think people just there's no weight to them. You know, yeah, it's just true. it's that's a lot point. of fun, and and they are they're a lot of fun, and you know that's why I enjoy the movies too because they are a lot of fun. And so I think that's where this movie struggled a little bit is because, and again, avoiding spoilers, there are moments in the movie, more towards the end, where significant things happen, significant loss. And when you are viewing it, there's a joke right there, you know. And so when you're kind of feeling this, you know, emotion of, oh my gosh, that just happened. Mm-hmm. There's a joke to like lighten the mood, you know. Yeah. So I think I think Thor had the opportunity to have that good blend like Star Wars has done to where, you know, there's there's a lot of good laughing moments, but there's also weight to the movie. I think mm-hmm. that it it missed it could have been more. So and I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you do. Yeah. But, uh, you and I we can talk offline, but um. So those were those were my main issues with it. Um. I enjoyed how they utilize all the characters, though. I think, I think introducing uh, some of these new characters like Valkyrie and creating the the Revengers, you know, yeah. it was funny and that was fun, and I liked that little group that they had. Um, but yeah, I, I think those, you know, how they utilized Hela, the, and then how really a lot of the comedy aspects took away from what could have been more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, those were probably my biggest issues. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I would say. My number one critiques would be the lack of development in like the main villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't, you know, and I, I think that you have a good point that there probably should have been the, on the war more weightier matters. I I do I think I would have enjoyed to see that it feel like it was a greater loss than they made it seem to be. I think they they were almost there with the, you know. You know, the different, like, visions Thor was seeing, you know, when he was, like, you know, worrying that he's going about to face his doom. Um, they, they could have made it, they could have brought it out to be a lot more, just feel like like a harder loss. But but it didn't bother, but that part didn't bother me too much. Oh, okay. Like it was, it would okay. be a minor critique. Um, and that's just, that's my only two. I think everything else I really enjoyed. Good. No, good. I, and yeah, I mean, it was it was a good movie, and I'll I'll, I'll probably end up buying it, and you know, yeah, watch for it, watching sure. it again. I'll buy that one. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is this is the last portion of our review, Hunter. Um, I are, are there any particular messages or themes that you took away from this movie? So maybe I'll give you a chance mm. to think, and yeah, here here are the ones that at least stood out to me. Okay. Um, and this is and it's I guess it's kind of just the predominating theme that has continued through. Uh, throughout the Thor movies and that there's this essence of family, you know, cause you have Thor and Loki, you know, mm-hmm. just brothers that, you know, brothers will be brothers, you know? Um, and then you, but you also have, you have Odin and you have, um, well, spoiler alert. You, you don't have their mom for too long after, <laughs> after the, um, second Thor movie. But, um, you know, that family, family really is, what what thor draws his strength from 
Mm-hmm. You know, in this movie, we're really able to see that Thor comes into his own and he discovers his true identity, you know, and who he is. Mm-hmm. But it, that he he relies on those that are closest to him, you know. And even though he can't trust Loki, he still relies on him. And he needs him, you know. And how much he's needed his dad to guide him. And you'll see this in this movie too, to where Thor is in very precarious situations, and he he needs that guidance and counsel from his dad from Odin, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it's, I, and that's something that I've just kind of, I've noticed throughout. And I'm glad, again, I'm glad we watched the dark world before we went and saw this one because, because yeah, I mean, family, family for Thor is where he, he draws a lot of his strength and who he relies on mm-hmm. a lot. And so, yeah, I, that's, and, and even more so not necessarily with family members, but you know, with the Hulk, you know, and Valkyrie and others that he, he needs and relies on to, you know, overcome the challenges that are in front of him. So, mm-hmm. okay, what about you? Um, I think if I had to pick one, like, takeaway theme for the movie that I really enjoyed and I felt like, you know, was kind of eye-opening to me or at least left me with, like, you know, a, a good feeling or good motivation is just being reminded um, of your inner strength, you know, and... Um, for Thor, you know, he, for his whole, ever since his dad gave him, I don't remember what his hammer is called, but when, ever since his dad gave him his hammer, he is completely and fully relied upon that for mm-hmm. his strength. And it's almost, and it's become a crutch for him. Oh and yeah. I, I really, has. Yeah. so I really liked that development of his character in this movie when he was able to, you know, he was forced to develop without his hammer and it brought out, you know, powers that he never knew he had. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, is important for everyone to remember, you know, there are greater powers within us that, you know, when we can come to understand who we are as individuals, as people. And, um, you know, there's just, there, you, there's always, there's always more to you than you realize that there is. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. That's really good. That's really good stuff. I like that. Okay, Hunter, you ready for our final segment? Mm-hmm. Okay. Our recommendation. All right, everyone, this is our final segment. This is our Backseat Director's recommendation. Hunter, for you, do you recommend this movie for the listeners? Is it a go see it? And maybe wait, meaning it's like we're seeing once, but, you know, wait until it comes to Redbox or something? Or is it a no-go? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that my answer is pretty obvious, but it's definitely a two <laughs> thumbs up. Go see it. Um, in theaters, I think, you know, it would be worth every dollar you spent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I, I think that's an excellent recommendation. Um, and this is and not just if, I mean, if you're a comic book, you know, movie fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. Go see it. And even if you're not, I think most people will really enjoy this movie. I think just the way it's set up, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun movie. So yeah, my, my recommendation as well is a go see it. All right. That's it. That's our review of Thor. Awesome. Well, thank you. It was great to be on this podcast with you. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come back on. So, Hunter, if our listeners, if they want to continue today's conversation on Thor, if they just want to say hello, mm-hmm. how can they reach out to you on social media? Um, my uh, my um, at name on Instagram is at Hunter underscore Hutchins. Hutchins spelled H-U-T-C-H-E-N-S. Uh, so at Hunter underscore Hutchins on Instagram or Hunter Hutchins on Facebook. Very good. All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening to my uh, mine and Hunter's review of Thor Ragnarok. Thanks for downloading today's episode, and we hope you guys stay up to date and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Backseat Directors on 
Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and any other podcast outlet that you might be able to subscribe to. Um, please, listeners, please take the time to leave us a review and rate us on iTunes. Um, it helps the Backseat Directors podcast out so much, so I'd very much appreciate if you guys took the time to do that. And uh, this is Andre Hutchins, and on behalf of Hunter as well, we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids, and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. It's movie day. Yeah, the time has come. Uh, uh. So many different types of movies we can all choose from. There's action, adventure, animation, and comedy. There's sci-fi and westerns and classics, documentaries. Uh, so many options, so much variety. There's a perfect movie for you and him and her and me. Uh, so find your seat. In the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet And turn off your phone